The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Our sermon this morning is based on a lesson from the book of Habakkuk chapter 1. And just to kind of, uh, hopefully you were able to read my introductory message that I sent um, over our, our means of communication this last week, the email and our WhatsApp groups and things like that. But here we're going to begin a six or seven week series. We'll see what it comes out to. <laughs> On the book of Habakkuk, and just a little bit at a time, we're going to watch really a ragged, struggling prophet um, come to, to the, really the heights of when he can prance like a deer on top of the mountains. And it, so it's going to be a really meaningful journey. And what I'm hoping is that we're all going to take that with, with the prophet Habakkuk. This morning, we're going to meet him um, really at a low point for the prophet. And I'm going to read those words to you now. So if you're listening in at home on Zoom, pull out your Bibles to Habakkuk chapter 1. And if you're with me here in the church, we're on page 9. And we're starting at the very beginning of the book. So Habakkuk chapter 1, we're going to read verses 1 to 4, and then we'll get into it. Here's what the Holy Spirit inspired. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Or cry out to you violence. But you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed. Injustice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous, so that justice is perverted. This is God's word. I'm going to say something to you that I might come to regret. <laughs> I hope I don't, but I might. You have to become better complainers. <laughs> and, and maybe, maybe you're the person sitting there who's like, Pastor, I don't need help complaining. I'm already pretty good at that. But really, I mean, you've you got to become better complainers. And this is going to run against maybe everything that your mother or your father taught you. And, and it's going to seem maybe in your hearts and minds like this isn't even a Christian thing to do. Like what, what, if your mother was anything like my mother, when, when I didn't want to eat my peas, she, she would say something like, um, Timothy, there are people in the world who don't have anything to eat and you're complaining about your peas. And it's like all of these people are trying to push into the hearts this message you shouldn't complain. Not ever. Not ever. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that, that you can. Sometimes, sometimes you should. Because what, what we have here is a complaint. 
Now, there, there is such a thing as complaining poorly and, and complaining well. There's, there is such a thing as, as grumbling. We'll talk about that later. And complaining, but God wants you to complain well. And I want to look at that with you in, in three different ways. Part of complaining well is going to be to realize that complaining well is a righteous thing to do. I'm going to show you that. Part of complaining well is, is actually to go vertical with your complaints instead of just horizontal, and we'll talk about that more. And then finally, I want to show you that it's a safe thing to do. Like, to, to bring it to God, it's a safe thing to do, and I want to tell you why. So, um, complaining well is righteous, it's vertical, and it's safe. But first of all, I wanted to show you that it's righteous. Here we have a prophet of God, and he's complaining. But I want to show you how he's complaining. I could give you a technical word for it. I want to, I want to show you his positionality. Like, how is he, he positioned to the things that he's complaining about? And the first thing I want you to notice is he's not self-interested. It's not. Like the things that, that, that are burning him, the things that, that, that are causing his heart pain aren't greedy things. They're not selfish things. They're not really even personal at all. In fact, the way he's positioned, if you notice this, is that he's not suffering it at all. He sees it. You see that? He's just looking out and he, and he sees it. He sees... He sees Fellow human beings, and out of love for him, for them, he's pained. Just look at, look at, look at verse 3. He says, why do you make me look at? He's not, not happening to him. He, he's looking out, and then we have three word pairs, and he says, I look at injustice and wrongdoing, destruction and violence, strife and conflict. He's looking out, and he's seeing his fellow human, his neighbor, Jesus would say, and, he, and it pains him. It deeply pains him. He's complaining out of love for neighbor. He's also complaining for a second reason. Because he loves God. And he loves the will of God, and he lo loves the law of God. So he's looking out in the world, and what does he say? He says, therefore the law is paralyzed. So he's looking out there, and he's like, you know what? Nobody cares, about, nobody cares what God says anymore. Nobody cares about his will. Everyone just wants to do what is right in their own eyes. It's like the book of the Judges in his time. And he's pained because people don't love God or his will. And so what does he do? Because he loves God and because he loves his neighbor, he complains. Now, in a, in a sense, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I have lots of conversations every single day. And this is what I've noticed about this church. And don't take this negatively. There's a bunch of complainers in here. <laughs> I mean that, like... People are telling me everything that's wrong. Pastor, I look out at the world and the way it is, and it's messed up. Pastor, I look out at the world, and nobody cares about God. They don't love Him. They're always breaking His law. 
It's like, it's like there's a shot of Novocaine in the jaw of the Torah, God's law, and it's paralyzed and it's numb and it's ineffective. Pastor, we got a bunch of complainers in here. And I want to affirm that today. I want to affirm that. That means that there's a part of you that loves your neighbor. And there's a part of you that loves God and loves his, so much, his will so much that it pains you. And that's a good thing. Like, there's a part of we look at Habakkuk here, and, and, and with him we look out at the world, and don't we see the same thing? We see our neighbors suffering, we see strife and violence, we see the beginning of what one commentator says, the litigious society, everybody's suing everybody, they want to get their money, and there's strife, and there's contention, and there's fighting, and nobody cares about God. And it pains us. I want to affirm that today. I want to do something else. I want to turn it on its head in a second and say this, like if it doesn't pain you, then maybe you're numb to God's will. And maybe you don't love your neighbor enough to care. We need, we need to let, let, let Habakkuk's words confirm us in our pain, and when that happens, then we're ready to complain well. Because complaining well starts not in a self-interest way, in interested way, but in a way that looks at neighbor in his pain, that looks at, at the violation of God's law in his pain. That's what we see here in Habakkuk. First of all, we want to see that complaining is a righteous thing to do. But that's not all. Secondly, we want to see that complaining first must go vertical. And I want to show this to you. Look at what Habakkuk does. The third word that he says is this. How long, Lord? That goes up. That, that goes vertical. That, 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 is a, that is a prayer. So when we complain well, it's not that we go out or in, but we go up and we bring it to God. That's complaining well. So we could define complaint in this way. Complaint is bringing our pain over the violation of our neighbor and the violation of God's will to God. It goes vertical. Complaint is bringing our pain over the violation of God's will and the violation of our neighbor to God. Now that's different than grumbling. I'm going to make a distinction like that. Grumbling is different. Grumbling, grumbling sometimes goes in. Where, you know, we're, we're, it's just a self-talk where we're like, oh, I'm so sick and tired of this. I can't believe that this is happening. to." That's grumbling. That goes in. Or, or grumbling could be, it, it could go out. A lot of times it goes out. Like we find the nearest social media account that we have or we grab a bullhorn and we tell everything that's wrong in my life and we let everybody that we possibly can know about it. You know what that is? It's nothing else but, than grumbling. 
And you know what grumbling needs? Contentment. A recognition that that God's good gifts to you are sufficient and enough. There's a story uh, about a, 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 a father of six and a rabbi, and it goes like this. The husband and the wife were sick and tired of their kids all over them in this little one-bedroom apartment. So the wife said, go talk to the rabbi. So he goes to talk to the rabbi. And he says, Rabbi, I can't take it anymore. We're always fighting. We're all on top of each other. It's terrible. So the rabbi says, okay, do you have any animals? And the man says, yeah, we have some animals. He says, okay, take your animals and bring them in. So the man went home and took his chickens and his goat and his cow inside the little house. And then the man went to the rabbi the next day. He said, Rabbi, it's terrible. <laughs> the chickens are everywhere, and it's even worse. And so, so the rabbi said, okay, put the chickens back outside. And then he went back the next day, and he said, Rabbi, it's still terrible. <laughs> the goats, they're eating everything, and they're playing on top of the, the furniture. And he said, okay, go home and put the goat out. And the man goes back the next day and he says, Rabbi, it's still terrible. I, I don't know why you think it's a good idea for us to live with a cow. It's like a stable and it stinks in here. And, and so the rabbi said, okay, go take the cow back out. And then the man went back the next day and he said, Rabbi, it's so nice <laughs> in our apartment. We have so much room and it's clean and we have peace again. You see, sometimes we just need to have a matter of perspective about things and to begin to recognize that God is generous and good and he gives us exactly what we need. And so instead of grumbling, to find contentment. But sometimes we need to complain. And complaining happens when we look out at the world with Habakkuk and we say, my neighbor is suffering, there's injustice, nobody cares about God's law. And so the first thing that we're going to do is not to take it inward or outward, but instead to take it to God and say, God, I've got a complaint for you. That's the verticality, the verticality of complaint. So we've seen that complaint is righteous, that it's vertical, and now I want to show you that it's safe. Now this is where I need you to know that Habakkuk is off the rails here. He's, he's, he's ragged. In fact, this is, this is maybe the most provocative beginning to any book of the Bible. Like The only one that would even rise to the same level would be maybe Song of Songs, because when you open up to the book of Song of Songs, all you see is two people making out, and you're like, maybe I should change the channel. But here, this is maybe even more provocative. Because listen to what he says. Listen carefully. How long, Lord... Must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you violence, 
but you do not save. The early church, they read these words and they thought, this is as close as you can get to blaspheming without blaspheming. That's what they thought. They were deeply uncomfortable with it. I mean, if, 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 I, if I said this in this church, and I meant it, you would fire me and you should. I mean, really. Like, what if I came to you and said, you know what, I'm sick and tired of God. I'm always talking to him about this. And then I said, and then I just turn and I offered a prayer. I got nothing to preach to you today. And I just offered a prayer and say, God, I've been praying to you for a long time, but I know you're not going to hear me. And God, you say that you're saving, but you're actually not. Can you imagine? God, you don't answer prayer. God, you don't save. That's about, that's about, I think the literature, that's, that, that is about as ragged an accusation that you can make. That, that is, that is, it is so provocative. Like, and and I, that is not something that I want to affirm, by the way. But here's one thing that I want you to know. And, and this is beautiful. This is, this is amazing. It doesn't teach us how to complain well. We shouldn't accuse God that he doesn't hear prayer and that he doesn't save. But here's what we can know about God then. He can take it. And he loves us. Like, if you, if you would say something like this to another person, just think about this. That relationship, it might end. Say, try it sometimes. No, don't try it. But you could. Like, you tell someone, tell some, ravage their character and say, you don't care. You never pick up the phone. And you're a bad person. Try that and see if the relationship remains intact. But here's what Habakkuk knew about the character of God. He knew that he could take this to God and that God would not only take it, but that he would hear it. Because God is the Lord. The Lord of free and faithful love. Oh my goodness, does he love us. Oh my goodness, does he forgive us. He, I mean, he, he hung his only son on the cross to forgive us for anything and everything that we would ever say to him. So if you need to, pound on his chest. If you need to accuse him of wrongdoing, if you need to, just, just complain and let him have it. He can take it. And maybe you need to say it. Sorry, didn't get it. I got, did you hear that? Hopefully you're doing better than Surrey and you're getting this. Here's the point. Complaining well is a safe thing to do. Because we come to God with incredible access through the sacrifice, the life, the, the intercession of Jesus Christ our Lord. So we can complain with, with righteousness. We, we can con complain instead of grumble vertically. And we can complain in safety. And in this way, 
the Lord begins to transform us. I'm not going to say this is a good start. I'm not sure it is. But it is a hopeful one. It is a hopeful one. It, it, it's a start where Habakkuk brings his complaint to God vertically and the Lord hears it. And as the book goes on, we're going to find that Habakkuk, little by little by little, will be able to leave his complaints behind, to put his eyes on the Lord and rejoice in the joy and strength of the Lord. We'll begin, we'll continue that journey next week. Let's pray. Sovereign Lord, we all desperately yearn to, to prance on the mountaintops with you. Some of us are, are with Habakkuk today, deeply pained, wondering how you could ever make it right. Some of us are somewhere in between. We ask you by your spirit, through complaining well, that you would move us to a meaningfully higher place. We ask this by the power of your spirit and through Christ our Lord. Amen.